Hey everyone, welcome to the Beyond Extent podcast, a podcast dedicated to a chat between two environment artists discussing everything about the industry we work in. I'm Timothy and I'm joined by William, who is a friend and fellow colleague of mine. In this episode, we were planning to talk about something completely different, but then jumped into the topic of horror games. We were discussing the differences between slow burns and jump scare kind of games. It's really fun to just talk about games and reflect back onto our earlier horror experiences and see how they evolved over time. So this is definitely more focused on the gamers inside of us and less on the educational side of things. But it's fun nonetheless, and I hope you feel the same way about it. So let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the next episode of the podcast. This is episode 14, I think. Oh, I need to get better at this, man. And uh, as always, we have Will on the other side. How are you doing, man? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually not too tired this time around, which is nice. <laughs> I uh, I was... Oh, man, I was so tired yesterday, but I uh, I got some sleep, and now I'm fresh. I'm fresh and ready for the pod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I've I've been enjoying my, uh, my day off yesterday, and uh, I have like uh, three days three days off next week mm. i'm living life man nah. <laughs> yeah I, i'll have I, I took a week off i'll have like nine days straight with the weekend uh like nine days off it's gonna be so nice oh yeah gonna, it's yeah it's gonna be my birthday um, i'm gonna play some probably some ghost of tsushima i think oh i was thinking about picking that one up like oh, everyone keeps saying that it's such a good game but yeah I, when i was a kid like a a tiny little guy uh that's what a kid is just <laughs> yeah just um, for people that yeah, don't know how the world works <laughs> <laughs> um i i because i always wanted to make games and stuff like that and i would make like pen and paper games for my friends to play um that i was just i would just make up i was i watched mulan right Mm, that, that Disney yeah. movie with like the Mongols and or the Huns or whatever it is, and I made like a game, game based on that, and I was like, oh, then I was thinking of like samurai stuff because I was always fascinated with that, mm -hmm. and uh, so I'm really excited to see like a, a samurai game because I don't know, there's not that many samurai games out there, and usually they're like more um, like there's like what is it called Shadow Warrior or something oh that's yeah got, yeah, that's yeah. Got guns right that's got guns and stuff and i don't I know like, man yeah i think so and or yeah maybe i'm thinking of the wrong game but i just wanted to <laughs> we're, we're like, game devs and we know jack shit about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i just wanted to have like a cool samurai game and i think there's some like supernatural stuff in there uh in ghost of tsushima but i don't think it's it's like as much as it is in in sekiro so I'm, mm. I think it should be really cool. And, and, and yeah, from what I've heard, it seems to be really good as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, now that I think of it, I, I don't think I've ever played like a, a game like that. I think, I think the closest I come is like Shinobi on like the PlayStation 1 or something. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while since I delved in those kind of worlds. <laughs> I, uh, I've been hearing good stuff about the open world though. I've been hearing like lots of comments where people are saying that uh, they're gonna have trouble going back to like the the more stereotypical open worlds after Damn. this one. So mm, yeah, that's some high praise. So I'm uh, I'm curious. I need to pick it up, man. Yeah, same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I uh, I always lag so so far behind on games. Like I was I was uh, about to click the buy button on Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh yeah. Because it because it was in sale on Steam, and I was like, we'll keep talking about it. So I maybe I should give it a try. And then it's good. for some weird reason, I didn't do it. So <laughs> yeah. damn it, I still need to do it. I mean, yeah, I'm. I guess I'm kind of behind on games as well, though, because I like when did Red Dead Redemption came out? Come out? I don't know. And I played it a little bit then, but I I finished it like a couple months ago. And then now I'm I was playing Counter Strike again, which is like when did that come out? Like the I think in 2012, Global Offensive yeah, yeah. came out and. Escape from Tarkov has been out for three years as well. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, you don't have to play the newest games, right? As long as you're playing cool games, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I bought Risk of Rain too. I don't know if you know that game. I heard I, about it, I think. I bought that like um, when it was initially coming out in early access or whatever state it is in. And I, uh, I started playing that yesterday again. It was uh, pretty fun for like a session or two. Cool. It's like uh, just seeing like all the new stuff come in. Uh, yeah, I've been having fun with that, but yeah, I need to I need to switch it up and uh, delve into like an open world and just mm. because there's there's something that I I do really like about open worlds and I've not gotten bored of them, but it's just just walking through like a different well, a different world basically. Yeah, I mean that's it's like exploring that is so nice. That's what I really liked about Red Dead as well. This is so it's such a cool world mm -hmm. because in most games I don't give. <sighs> I don't really care about the the main storyline. I just want to see how how that world is. I just want to be a same, part of it. Exact same, bro. It's the exact same for me. I don't care about the story. I care I care about like a little bit about like lore and yeah and world building. That's like my favorite thing in a game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess the, that tells everyone out there how much of an environment artist we are. It's like <laughs> nah, <laughs> we don't care about the narrative. We just want to see the world building. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe you know that game, but I'm really excited for this game 13. I don't know if you played 13? the original. They're doing a remaster of 13. I think it came out in 2001. And it's this uh, cartoon-style shooter that's... Because it's based on a, on a comic book. And it's... Oh! Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like a... Is it like an orange cover? Like really orange uh, color, like yeah, I'm, yeah, like red and orange, and then it says thirteen in like Roman letters on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've and never that, played that though. Oh man, I, I I played it when I was like twelve, and I was way too young, but it was like my favorite game ever, and um, because it's so yeah, it it looks like a comic book, and they even did like really cool stuff, like when you headshot someone from far away, mm -hmm. it opens up like three little panels like comic book panels where you see the guy like like he would go like oh, oh, oh. you would see like three pictures of him <laughs> where the blood is coming out of his head and it said like ah oh, next to it you know it's it, like, oh it's it, like an actual comic book like an actual comic book yeah oh and that's then, pretty sweet and if something important happened like new enemies would spawn and they would open a door you would like see that in like a little like a little second view panel screen thing yeah, so, yeah. So you would have like a split screen thing, like you would have in a comic book. It's, man, it was so cool, and they're completely remaking it. Um, mm -hmm. It was supposed to come out last year, but now it's I think in November this year is the new uh, date. Oh, okay. And I saw some screenshots. They're definitely they're changing up some stuff. Which I mean, it's a twenty year old game, so you know you got to change some stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I really hope that like the core is the same because I just have so many fond memories of this game. It, it, mm -hmm. 
It's, yeah, I, oh, that it, sounds good, man. You I can need pick to... up stuff in the environment and do stuff with it. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, actually, some of it is, is still not really that common in games. Like, you could just pick up a chair and hit someone over the head. Oh, you mean you mean back then? Yeah. Yeah, back then, that, that must have been such a unique thing. Yeah, and, and, and think about it. Still now, I don't know a lot of games where you can pick up, like, a chair and hit somebody yeah. over the head with it. I mean, Hitman, I guess. You can pick all stuff, all sorts of stuff up there. Yeah, yeah it was it was like and you could take like a hostage as like a human shield it's crazy <laughs> like it, the 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 features and whatever were so so crazy and i think the story it, it was weirdly uh close to uh the born movies for some reason it was literally mm. the born movies uh with a little bit of jfk assassination in there like that's <laughs> that's what it is like uh, you literally like you wake up after on a beach after jumping off of a boat and then the first place you go is a bank so it literally yeah, feels yeah. like the born entity <laughs> or the born whatever <laughs> whichever one that one is where he goes to the to the bank in switzerland so it's it, it's, it's like exactly that but then it escalates and there's like people in, in fucking kkk gowns and oh jer- Jesus. and there's like a lot of facial uh facial uh, reconstruction surgery to look like someone else and take their identity it's crazy bro it's it's really cool um is this still 13 is this still the game 13 yeah x i i i oh, guess if you, yeah okay there's a there's um, a lot of cool I stuff to look it up. there yeah i was uh i was talking to some some people on twitter um and i was talking to the specific person that's that's currently working on uh dying light 2 mm. And it just made me realize, like, oh yeah, that's the game that I've been excited for for like a really long time. But right. it just there's there's not that much marketing hype building up surrounding that game, so I kind of just forgot about it. But it just made me realize, like, yeah, that is a game that could really change things up when it when it comes to like open worlds. Oh man, Dying Light One is such a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't finished it. But I played it quite recently, and it's the the way that it that it plays with your emotions, especially at night. We were talking about this uh, mm-hmm. a couple of days ago as well with some other people. So it's just like how, yeah, exactly. Like if it if it turns into night, it's like, oh no, you're proper scared. It's so scary, man. Oh my mm-hmm. god, it's so scary. And then you're like, <laughs> you're like, fucking climbing over the buildings because you hear like a. What are they called? Volatiles? The the bad guys? The really big bad ones that don't care if you shine a light on them or whatever it is? Oh, like, I don't even think I encountered those. Yeah, those are like really bad, big-ass zombies, and they're so scary because they're really quick. And then I All right, like, but w- what is yeah. it with us talking about scary games? We should really do like a Halloween episode. <laughs> I'm telling you, no. I never. <laughs> I'll, I'll never let anyone see my scared face. <laughs> but man, I am I am really not good at scary games. I remember uh, a friend of mine was showing me some, like one of these indie horror games, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was I was it's so weird. I was like walking through a dark hallway, and then suddenly just a fucking face, like, comes out of nowhere right in front of your in front of your screen. And I think I just, oh um, oh, damn it. What's what's that? What's that? Uh, what's that game? I know the game you're talking about. 
it's like a source it, engine thing yeah yeah like you're you're like a crime investigator yeah oh my god this is gonna pain me <laughs> but yeah so I, I i think i literally like threw my fucking headphones i was man i'm so i'm so jumpy i i get scared so easily in that type of thing but that's a good sign of immersion right i mean i guess it is but then the second you throw your headphones i guess you're kind of ruining the immersion <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean that's the thing about the the, the um, metro exodus that we keep talking about right is mm -hmm. that it's so immersive that i just like i can't do it it's so scary because also because they're fucking the field of view is so sh like so narrow narrow yeah yeah that, it, ah, that you can't like look behind you oh, so scary. i think i think the first time when i got properly immersed in like a horror game was um dead space have you ever played those games i mean the first one i think i might have played the first one a bit yeah second that one? was um i had a friend of mine back in belgium and he got it when that game came out and he started playing it but he stopped playing it because he couldn't handle it so he came over to my place and he was like look i i want to see what happens in this game but i can't play it myself so can you play it and can i just watch <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like so, me. So we, we were just like, yeah, sure. And I, I think I played it in like one really long stretch, like over like one single night. And we mm -hmm. just didn't stop playing it. Damn. But man, that was, that really played on your emotions. Right. Because like, I still remember this one scene really vividly when I was standing in front of the elevator and like the elevator was coming up slowly, like the, the, the horror trope that it is yeah of course but like your own shadow was being projected on the mm. door in front of you mm. and like the light was blinking behind you but then there was this one moment where you could could hear um all the creatures behind you just like um scuffling about but there was nothing happening Oof. so it's like it's building up that tension and then i rotated back to the door and be like come on stupid elevator come on up yeah 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 and then it flashes your shadow twice and then the third shadow is like a creature shadow. Oh, come on. I mean, oh that's my so mean. god. That's so mean. That scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I, I, I think I even threw the remote to my sister that came in. <laughs> I I remember um back in the day, I don't know how old we were, like fifteen or something. And I was with a friend and we were playing um uh, Metro the first one, twenty thirty thirty the twenty thirty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty thirty three. Um and interestingly, it also involved an elevator because there was like an elevator shaft with a broken elevator in it, and you could could like jump inside it from the top, from like the top. Uh -huh. bit. And we're inside, and we didn't really know where to go. And I think, I think my yeah, my friend was like, "Hey, I don't want to jump down there because it's dark. Can you take over?" So I did, and I jumped in the elevator, and there was like not not really anything there. And then I was walking around the elevator trying to find a way out because we're like, "Where where do we need to go next?" Mm -hmm. And suddenly there's a huge shadow on the wall and some sounds around me. And uh, I don't know if you've played Metro uh, a bit, but like... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. that game was great, man. Yeah, but like one of the things is that you don't have a lot of ammo, right? Mm -hmm. That's Because that's also your currency. So I, that shadow came on and that sound, and what I did is I just... I like just emptied a clip out. I unloaded a full <laughs> clip into the wall, and both of us were screaming. <laughs> and you know what had happened? I had been walking around the room to try and see, find the exit, and I had tipped over a gas lamp, and it fell oh, to the yeah. ground, and it made a shadow. 
and that's what scared the both of us to shit. It was oh man, we were so scared. It was so stupid. <laughs> Those but, moments are great though. Like, yeah. do you, have you have you played the original Fear? No. Yeah, there were some pretty scary moments in that too. Oh, where, yeah? it's, where it's all about like the the paranormal happening around you, and then you see like these visions of like the the little kid in the red dress. But you would have these stereotypical horror moments, like especially in games where you where you see that you need to go down a ladder. So you walk up to the ladder, and the character does this animation where it rotates around, and like the kid is right there in front of you. Oh fuck you! <laughs> oh no! Why? Why? I don't. I really don't. Like that's the thing. I don't play horror games usually. I play games that are like, like sometimes people make me, but. Mm -hmm. um, Stuff like Metro, that's not a horror game at all, actually. It's just it's just a shooter with like some spooky elements. But that's yeah, that's yeah. enough for me, you know. I don't I, I don't understand why you would ever play as uh, I mean I, I, but that's just because, you know, the people are different. But I mean I It's I, because I you're a scaredy cat. I know. Yeah, yeah. I understand that that's the thing, but for me personally, <laughs> there's no reason why I would ever play a horror game. It would just yeah, yeah. it was just I would it would make me so anxious, it would make me so scared, it would be horrible. Mm -hmm. And then, same with movies. I don't like horror movies. I like I I like movies that are a little bit scary, but um, yeah. But it's like, yeah. I watched this this Korean movie that was pretty scary, but that oh, was. It, it, but it wasn't a horror movie, you know. It was like a, I don't know, like a thriller, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's called. It's pretty fucking brutal. It's called. I I saw the devil. I don't know if you is it pretty old. It. I pretty I old, think I yeah. saw that one. Like it oh, rings yeah? a bell. Yeah, it's about the serial killer guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't remember, man. Like this is this is one thing. Like my memory of all that stuff is so shoddy that I can't. <laughs> I can barely remember games. Like I'm not. <laughs> I, can't, right. I cannot remember movie. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, man. I I think coming coming back to um where you say that that Metro. Uh, is the sort of game that you play. I think those games do it way better because it's not focused on that thing, right? Yes, because a lot of what the horror game is to me is I know I'm going to be scared. I know there's going to be a jump scare, so it makes me scared, you know? Mm -hmm. But then in in, a horror, in in something like Metro, there's no, like, spooky music. There's no... They're not... It's Yeah, exactly. It's not made for that, but it's still through... Because you're so immersed, it creates that atmosphere in which you're, like scared i guess yeah or, or it's just it's just like yeah the, the horror is just like a or like the the scare factor is just a part of the world it's like yeah, it's, it's not its own thing yeah that's true i, I think yeah. that, that that's way more interesting because uh, a lot of the time horror games won't have that much uh that many like uh mechanics right mm -hmm. and and metro is still just a good shooter and a good game and then you have that little horror on the side or dying light same thing it's really yeah, a horror yeah. game, but it has these elements. Yeah, that's that's where you get a really nice contrast in in emotions in um in Metro, especially the first one, where you're walking through these cities that are built in the Metro, and yeah. then there's there's like there's there's no like cutscene of you going out to the city like it's you have to actually go there. Yeah, and I think they do that deliberately so that you can feel like warm and cozy inside of the Metro, and then once like the the door opens that's where you go into like the the danger and that's where all the bad stuff happens and it's oh. such an effective 
thing in that game, especially the first one, where you're you're walking up with your buddy to the door and like the door opens, like security guards close them after you, and then it's like, look, you had your you had your nice cozy meal in the the town, yeah. But now it's now it's time to get to the next metro or like a destination where you want to go. Yeah. Now you're on your own. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I also remember uh, being so like getting getting jumpy every time because I'm in the fucking tunnel. Or I'm on the outside or whatever. It's dark. I have there's like these these fucking I don't know what they're called. These weird dogs that attack you around. <laughs> they're ho- they're howling all over the place. Yeah. And yeah. then in the middle of that, your guy is just like, <gasps> and you and he fucking changes his air filter for his gas mask, and it's so oh, yeah. loud, <laughs> and it's so loud, and it happens just like so suddenly, and it's oh. But that yeah, that's a really good sign of tension though, because you're yeah. just like gripping at the seat and then it's just like <gasps> yeah. I was like oh oh <laughs> oh man what a I game. still I still remember um I still remember this section where there's like ghosts in the tunnels and they're they're portrayed as shadows mm. and I uh, thought that was ones. just yeah I thought that was such like a really clever thing to be doing it's not like oh the, the stereotypical like ethereal ghost just flowing in front of you <laughs> But it's like just, <laughs> yeah, it's just like a plastic bag looking thing. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, it was so effective just casting that shadow. That was, yeah. 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 You have to use your, um, you have to use what you have in a good way, right? That's the, that's the whole thing. And I think especially in horror, because it can be broken so easily, something can become like, if something doesn't work correctly in a, in a horror game, it'll it'll be funny instead of scary and that's like the opposite of what you want yeah 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 because the, to come back to like the jump scares that is that has always been like a big factor in horror games but that's the stuff that just makes me cringe i'm just like it's oh so cheap, yeah. yeah and i think we went through like a, a period where that was a really big thing especially with probably the the most the most famously known thing about Slenderman in like yeah. the eight pages. Like that the first time that I played that game, I was super scared. And then And then you realize what's happening and you're like, oh Yeah. There's like there's like this Yeah, because it's just this one mechanic like you mentioned before. It's just like doing the same thing over and over. Mm. And then after a while it's just like, oh I lost again. Let's try again. Yeah. But hey I'm I'm not gonna say that I wasn't scared those the first couple of times, man. And especially because that game doesn't look great. No. Like it's 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 just super super bare minimal like graphics and it just does a really clever job of scaring you, mm. but it's not it's not tension building. No, it's just yeah, yeah. It's 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 literally just jump scares, isn't it? But then mm-hmm. because you know what jump scare is gonna come, that's what creates the tension and not the actual atmosphere or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you may, you're basically like waiting for the next thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the kind of horror I I like or I can tolerate is the horror that that's created by by a game that's not trying to do it too hard, but it's just it's just happening uh organically. Mm-hmm. Because even even Tarkov can be pretty scary sometimes when you're like locked in a room and you and you just hear footsteps around and then there's some there's a fucking guy uh who knows like sometimes people speak to you because there's like some voice lines that you could do 
and I was in like a completely dark factory one time at night, and there was just a guy, like saying, "We have a rat, kill him," and they're they're just like, "Oh God, I think he knows I'm here." <laughs> but he's he's just trying to taunt you out of your place, I, right? I, to I make guess, like a bad mistake. I guess, yeah, and that's like just something that happens completely organically, right? Because it's another player. Mm -hmm. but it can be like really scary, or not, maybe not scary, but it's just like super suspenseful. I'd rather say. Yeah, yeah. I, There's like I, a lot of tension in those situations. Yeah, and I much prefer that to to just like a, I don't know, like a what was that? What was that thing? PE? No, PT. Oh, oh man, I haven't played it myself, but just watching, watching the playthrough of it. Like there's there's some things that only certain people cut up on, like when she's on the the balcony of the of the first floor, and uh, huh? just looking down at you is oh, man so scary. It's so scary, man. It's so scary, but it's that's the thing. It's that's it's not doing anything else except being scary, right? Yeah, and there's also like a fine balance between all those elements, right? Because if you see like the the baby kind of looking thing lying in the sink, that's where it's like, eh, that doesn't it doesn't really do anything for me like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really add it's it's, it's where you mentioned gross, where kind of. yeah yeah it's where where you mentioned that some some kind of things can be tacky and then just take you out of the experience totally i think uh yeah that was one of those things but like the rest of it it's just like how it psychologically plays on on just like the same corridor over and over again yeah and just the, the the random outcomes that you can have in that game because there's so many possibilities so many like little things like oh you have to uh touch the telephone at this point and then walk back and then you see something something different over there and right yeah that was such a cool game though if um, you didn't play it <laughs> yeah do you know junji ito no uh, so he's uh i guess um What's 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 the one that's moving? Anime, right? That's the animated one. That makes sense. So he's, what, he, what's the one that's moving? <laughs> I always forget which one's manga and which one's anime. But anime is the is the animation, I guess. Makes sense because uh -huh. the name. Yeah. So he's a he's a manga artist, and mm -hmm. he does horror. And I'm not really, as you might be able to tell, because I don't know which one is which. I'm not really a manga or anime guy. Yeah, but I think I think we're we're barking up the wrong tree because neither am I. <laughs> yeah, but he he um he's like a horror guy. He made horror manga, and for some reason mm -hmm. I like those. I don't know why. I don't like manga and I don't like horror, but but for some reason those are really cool because yeah, they yeah, were yeah. so. Oh my god, they're so scary sometimes. Or like they're just gross, but it makes it scary in a way. It's like a lot of body horror. Mm. And, um, yeah apparently that's what i've been hearing is that he's making a horror game together with uh kojima hmm. i think i think kojima. okay yeah so i don't know it seems like junji ito is involved in something but yeah it's man he has this he has this one story it's like a huge long story uh about and you know what the big scary thing is in the world it's a spiral that's what it is. It's not like some monster or anything. It's the shape of a spiral. Because mm -hmm. there's this guy who goes crazy and he, he he starts collecting spirals and and like everything that has a spiral on it, he has it in his house. And then he yeah. starts wanting to make spirals. He's like a, he, I think he does pottery and then he starts making like bowls in the form of a spiral. And then he starts to want to become a spiral and he like 
he's like he rolls up his tongue and he's like oh look at this i'm becoming more like the spiral and then he he fucking i don't know what he starts doing it's crazy and then like spoilers uh in the end oh spoiler like, alert spoiler alert he shoves himself into like a barrel to become a he like breaks his own spine and stuff to become this 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 spiral shape oh god and it's, and it's got this that's what he does junji ito does is like the page turn so you often see like on the first page or like well on, on, on the on the on the page before the big reveal you can see the reaction of the characters and then you turn the page and it's just this huge picture of something really like gruesome crazy, or, gross and yeah, gruesome yeah, yeah. And it, it's done so well and it's Ugh, man that's ooh, ooh, that's some scary stories man or like, there are some there are some uh really good stories online about that too where it's like they go into like oh there's a small town and um they don't come out at night because they they hear oh god damn it this is so long ago this is when i was like 16 or something and i was like uh it's it's like one picture beneath the other one so you like scroll down through the web page but oh. then they're all just pictures but then the last picture is animated and i wasn't oh. expecting it Ooh. oh and it's with sound too oh, and man on. i i still get goosebumps now but it's it's a super famous one but i i i can't remember the name of it oh. that, that already and it's and it's scary. just it's just like um a girl with all her bones broken and like the last picture well again spoiler alert it's um she looks back at you, but it's like animated oh, in the fuck picture. Off. Oh my god! And that oh, scared the hell out of me. On, so but it's that's the thing. Like there, there's they're way better in doing that sort of horror than like the Western cultures are. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it was like a Japanese thing. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not really sure if it was Japanese or Chinese or. Any, yeah. any other Asian culture, but it seems like just in general, they seem to be way better with the pacing of their horrors mm. than the Western side is. Yeah, because like in, guess, yeah. In, in the Western, in, in the Western, um, well, obviously generalizing here, but like they, <laughs> oh yeah, they, uh, they kind of, they, they kind of lean on just the jump scares aspect way true, more. True, a lot of the time, yeah. Whereas if you if you look at games and and movies, um, they they do such a good job of building up that tension and just making you afraid of like the end result. That even if the end result is not as horrifying as you would expect, like the impact of it is still yeah. so big. Yeah, and especially with Junji Ito, it sometimes it like leaves you with that lingering feeling. Like there's a story about a guy that lived inside a chair. Uh, inside a chair okay. inside a chair and he was like he was like i don't i don't remember exactly i think at the end i guess he murdered someone through the chair or he or he was just like a peeping tom kind of guy but then you start thinking about the chair that you're sitting in and like could a person fit in this you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's there's like uh, a uh, 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 chair I'll, I'll see if i can find that picture um and i'll, I'll show it to you just so oh yeah that, that, just oh, that no. fucking picture. It's it's not actually a scary picture, but it has like this weird, spooky atmosphere. That's just that, like an eerie vibe to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we we need to we need to put this up to. Oh man! Right? It's just like this. 
it's because uh, that's what they see when they find that this guy was living in there. Yeah. You know, and it's just the way that it's drawn with like the outline of the guy's face, like the dents in the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then, oh, yeah, yeah, look, there's a dead body next to it. So I guess he murdered someone through the chair. Well, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. And I just, and we then need, we need to, we need to put this up on uh, YouTube too. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, I don't know if we can. I guess we can, right? Because we're, that, that's, that's fair use. We're just talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Commentary. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's, it it's makes so you scary, think, man. Yeah, it makes you think about like your life. It is. Oh, the the thing. Like coming back to games. Right. The thing that I always wonder is games these days. They look so good. Yeah. I wonder if the old school games with um, worse graphics have a bigger impact on our psyche, because our brains basically have to make up what's in between the pixels, so to say. Yeah, right. I guess uh, that's why that's why a scary book can be scarier than a scary movie, right? Because mm-hmm. you make up everything in your own mind. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the imagination, and I think that's also why a lot of indie horror games these days they they play with that factor and they're mostly set in like really low pixelated art styles hmm. just because they want to play on that aspect of, of of your imagination basically there's there's some there's some great horror uh games out there um there's this one uh indie creator that i need to look up it's like kitty horror games i think i'm not too sure i need to fact check that but she she makes games about um, there's this one about a house, and what, what why, you basically that's already scary to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's basically you you're the the game loop is simple. You're just looking for recordings, I think, in this really dark house. Okay. But like nothing's really well. I'm gonna add a spoiler alert here for if you want to play it. Um, and we'll need to spoilers today. Yeah, I know, man. We need to we need to link it in the description for people that want to support mm-hmm. and play play that game. But uh, I was watching it, and it's just like you find a recording, you go to sleep, and then uh, in the in the recordings, it's like, oh, but how do you really know that you're safe in your house? Like, if you go to sleep, you're the most vulnerable. And why do we put so much? Um, trust in this house like it could just open a door to you and just let anyone in at night basically i was i was telling you before this podcast how i didn't have a lot of sleep the night before tonight and i was just getting you know more sleep so now why do you want me to not sleep tonight i don't understand (laughs) okay okay in (laughs) (laughs) man that's so scary I know, man. I know, but but that's the thing. Like nothing happens in that game. Absolutely nothing. Uh, But it's just psychologically, it's playing on you. All right, I'm gonna look behind me. Okay, there's no one there. This is great. Cool. Yeah. So um, we're not doing this at night. So just so people know, like it's super bright outside. So (laughs) we'll we'll I've got my curtains closed though. It's not that light (laughs) in here, you know. Well, you still got a couple of hours to recover because before right. you need to go to sleep again. True, true. true. Oh man, that is. Oh. yeah. I, I, I know. What you, have you played that? What's that game? Outcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is it Outcast? Is it Outlast? Or is uh, it Outlast? Outlast. Yeah, yeah. Outlast. That's the one. Ooh, like I mean, 
every game where you start in going like into like an abandoned asylum is already fucked in my mind. Yep. Oh, dude, that game with the night vision thing. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, there's something so to that, right? Just it's watching so through like the night vision scope. It's so scary. It's so scary. I'm such a pussy, man. It's so scary. Have, <laughs> have you seen the second one? I think I think I played it at a friend's house because he made me do it because I have horrible friends. Yeah, um, I was just about to say, you have some good friends over there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they know that I can't do it, and that's why they want me to do it, I guess. And I played it for a little bit, and then you, you're like, you have to hide in a locker or something, then this fucking huge, weird, crazy guy comes looking for yeah, you, and it's, yeah. it's so scary. Man. It's so scary. The thing, again, the thing that really makes that game stand out to me is like the, the subtleties and things. When you're going through, I don't know, I haven't played it myself, but like, I watch playthroughs. It's like um, the beginning, you have to go through like a little town section, I think. Mm -hmm. And if you watch the edges of the town, if you watch them with your night vision, you can see people standing there. And as oh. you zoom in, like they, they retreat inside of, the, inside of the brush. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah, but it's, it's like, how many people see that? Yeah. But it's, oh, it's like so once you see it, it's like, oh my God. It's like you can't unsee it because then you start looking around at like all the edges of the town and like they're everywhere. Yeah. Oh man, that's so scary. Hey, you're welcome, man. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> man. Hey, um, I think if we wanna if we wanna do it for your sanity, we we should jump into like a Patreon question. Right. <laughs> to by really way, switch it up. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I just wanted to tell this to the viewers. None of this was planned. We kind of just started talking about horror games but it was really fun I like yeah it. yeah we had something completely different planned but uh <laughs> but it kind of worked out i mean yeah that's, so that's, sometimes you you know you don't want to talk about game dev you want to talk about games i think that's fair i think people like it that's what oh I'm yeah yeah for sure for sure they want to hear i don't think we need how how what kind of what children we are or at least i am Nah, that's basically what this podcast comes down to. Like how big of a man child we both are. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's dive into the Patreon question. Yes, please. Um and let's have a look. It's it's a pretty long one. It's from Ben Black from the Patreon community. Um so Something I've been thinking about might be a good subject for you all is a dance how what we all do with the workflow. Um, meaning we model, sculpt, UV, bake, texture. This process looks quite linear, but in reality, we model on to sculpt and run into a problem. So we go, we have to go back and fix the the, the model. Mm. It's a constant back and forth, trying to get everything just right visually. So yeah, uh, what do you think so, about so, this so one? So the that was kind of a statement, wasn't it? So I guess the question is, do we also do yeah. that, or is it just him? I mean. Yeah, but it would just be good to shine a light on the process and right. in in discussing about it, we could dive into that stuff where yeah, uh, yeah we, we struggle with that stuff too. Um, so yeah, I mean, from what I heard about like, what, what, what Ben asked, uh, samesies, man, it's exactly the same for me. I think that's just a natural part of the process is that you go, you sculpt, and then you realize, oh man, this doesn't fit with this part. Or this doesn't look right. I'm going to start over, and especially in 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 the bake stage, sometimes you can have like some really weird things. Even though you feel like you've done everything right, there's like this one tiny thing that you either overlooked or maybe because you're using a different workflow is a little bit different. And I remember working on my 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 Winchester, my gun, 
and I think I baked that thing like seven times because I also I wanted it to be perfect, right? And mm-hmm. then you always and then you you look for baking errors and you do, you find like one, you fix it, and then you go to substance and you start texturing. And you're like, oh, there's another thing that is only visible if you like if you cock back the 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 the, the, the receiver and you like to reload, but then you can see that there's a little bit of a weird thing going on there so you mm. have to you know you have to go back and fix that it's um it's that's just what it is it's completely natural i would say of course you'll you'll get better at it because you you'll be you'll have to <clears throat> have done one step of the way a thousand times over so when you were more confident in what to do and how to avoid it in the future but mm-hmm. it's still gonna happen yeah man i totally agree i think um there, there's like a couple of ways that uh, that I see this is one for sure like when with all you said like that's totally right like I I have to go back and forth so many times when I'm building an environment mm. because there's so many different moving pieces and you're not going to get them right on the first time especially for me if you're building a modular piece mm-hmm. uh, you're constantly trying to snap it to all the other pieces so I, I start with like a really rough block out, just some basic shapes that uh, sort of align with the metrics that I want to have. So say for like a simple wall piece, this could be like three to four meters high. And then um, depending on the section you're creating, one to four meters in width. Right. But then there's like the, the thickness of the wall too. Like how thick do you want them to be? Do you want like the, the, the space on on both sides to be usable then you can't really make them too thick because then you're losing space and there's like a ton of back and forth between that um and then especially especially when when then the texture pass comes in and currently i'm doing like a mid poly workflow with like decals added onto it um and yeah, it's just the amount of decals, like going back and forth between those, like how big the decals need to be so that they stay with like texture density and don't break like the, well, break the texture density basically. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I also think that this is, on one side, it's you're getting better and better at it. But also I think in personal work, you should be exploring stuff all the time. True. Like if if you're just doing stuff over and over, and there's there's no artistic input at any point, and you're just doing stuff, then I don't know. It kind of loses that magic a little bit because then you're just like a machine churning out stuff, right. which some people do, and they do it in a really magical fashion. But if you're not learning anything, that's that's where I get my. Um, <sighs> How would you say it? Like that's that's where I get my kicks out of it. Like mm-hmm. I I want to explore new things. I wanna I wanna see and fail in doing stuff and then try a different route. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's that makes sense. Yeah. And and like another thing, it's it's a good statement to bring up because I think it's part of a bigger issue that we currently have. And it's not only in game dev, it's it's all over the inter internet with just Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and it's how you perceive people and how they do their work. Because people just show off their portfolio pieces on ArtStation and it's all nice and clean. And you assume that they just did it like, oh, they started with this and then the end result is this. And oh, there's like right. 
there's like no no deviation or variation in between no struggle yeah exactly because that's that's what social media and like our station and all those the, all those sides do uh because people just want to show off their their best side because that's where they're going to get the jobs like the the company's not going to hire you if they see you struggling all the time even if you do that in the company itself because that's that's like another reality right yeah. like it's it's not it's not from zero to one in like a linear fashion like like ben said it's even in a studio fashion if you're trying to innovate if you're trying to push new stuff and you're learning new stuff you're gonna fail along the way too yeah so yeah that's where the dance of uh of the workflow comes in and yeah i think uh i think we need to get better at showing all the mistakes in between and oh. just being a, a little bit more open about it go ahead uh, yeah i was i i did those two days at my old university where i where i taught a class right mm -hmm. and um i remember doing uh, a demo on modularity and because i hadn't really done that in a long time i made um i i I don't remember what it was, but there was like some one thing that I fucked up, and then the modularity wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And then I, I I realized it, and I just fixed it in like a couple minutes. But they were like, they told me like they were so happy to see that you can fail, and then you can just get over it, you know? Because <laughs> for some reason that wasn't like in their minds as much. They were like, oh, you know, you keep failing. And then that means that you're bad or whatever. And then, mm, yeah, like it's not like you have to do it all over again. No, you can just sometimes it's an easy fix, but you just have to know where it is. And definitely, people that like I don't know what you would call it, like people that do it all the time and that are professionals in it, they're still gonna fuck up. They're still gonna make make uh, make uh, yep. errors. I mean, there are moments when I have massive brain farts and just. I'm yeah. I'm looking for something for like an hour and it's just like man this should be so simple and then I go to sleep I wake up the next day and it's like oh it was this button yep it was so stupid uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's still uh, textile entity sometimes still gets me like it's, mm -hmm. it's such it's so easy but then sometimes cuz then someone will say something that'll that'll confuse me because you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like, oh well, so text density is, is like this, and then if you if you need the texture like this, and you do it like this, or what was it the other day? Uh, um, a non-square texture. I, I I didn't know which oh, fucking, yeah, yeah. which which way I wanted it to go. I was like, I'm putting this uh, uh, horizontally, so I would need it to be five twelve by one k. Wait, or do you need to be one k by five twelve? And then and then like you said, <laughs> you you like you go and get a water and you come back to your desk and you're like, oh, obviously it needs to be this way around. Mm -hmm. but, but it's sometimes, yeah, you have, you can be hung up on like such a stupid little thing or, or yeah, there's like, you forgot to like, I don't know, split one UV shell and then you have a weird baking error. And it's, it's just like such a basic thing that you know how to do, but yeah, yeah. sometimes there'll be, there'll still be like a little thing. And especially, I don't think it happens to me at, at work that much because you, you take more time, I would say, and you like you're more thorough. But mm -hmm. especially at home, where sometimes I just want to get like a prop done in one day, because you know you don't have to worry about a Jira, you don't have to worry about anything like that. You don't have to get feedback from a lead. You can just pump it out real quick. So I want to do that. 
Yeah. Then sometimes something like this happens where you just I don't know you forget something or you, and then you have you have like a weird baking error. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I think sometimes people just like like you mentioned before, like they they get too hung up in the failure of things. Yeah. Like failure is how you grow. You just need to learn to accept it and be like, look, no one watched me do this. Like <laughs> the only person that's mad is myself, and it's just right. costing you time. Because, yeah, just, like, just, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Not again. Uh, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, you have to realize how, um, like, when you when you have them something, uh, like, if you had a mistake or whatever it is, and you need to fix it, just think about, like, think about those steps in your mind. Like, okay, usually I do this, 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 and it works. So what did I do differently this time? And then you can like narrow it down. And it can be so easy to fix those problems. You don't have to like go through three different softwares and check everything. You can just like, if if you're if you're confident in what you're doing and in the workflow, first of all, probably you you you'll have less of those mistakes. But then also you'll be so confident in 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 fixing them, but only because you fixed them before. So that's mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, it's 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 the most cliche thing out of the book, right? Is uh, you gotta, you gotta, you learn from your mistakes, and that's that's what it is. You do. Yep. Yep. Do Do you have a standardized workflow for your personal work? Um, I mean, yeah, I would say so. It's 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 kind of developed into block out and max. I mean, sometimes I do something fully in max, but like block out and max, take it into ZBrush, uh, do the do the low poly and max, export straight from ZBrush. With my, with my uh, poly paint for ID maps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and then plop it into Marmoset, bake, get the textures into Substance, text like the the the, the bake textures textured in Substance, and then give it to, give it to, uh, to Unreal and uh, plop in my master materials and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, so so you have like master materials set up and all that stuff as well. I mean, if I'm working on my scene, for example, yeah, I'll have I'll have the master materials set up. Yeah, um, is that is that a master material that you take from scene to scene, or you recreate it on every on every project? I don't recreate it, but I just I I so for example, I had uh, uh let's say a vertex paint material that I made, and I had a parallax occlusion material that I made. And yeah, I had yeah, one, yeah. and and I would say I have like a base. Uh, with like you know with like all the parameters like normal intensity roughness variation uh, roughness um, adjustments mm-hmm. uh, and just like having blending and stuff like that and now I I combined it into like my my master material for my current scene which is probably the most complex one I've had and it's it's mm-hmm. got, it's it's just so nice it's got vertex paint it's got blending with um with uh no yeah it's got blending because it is vertex paint is what i'm saying so it's got mm-hmm. vertex paint with it's, it blends with another texture it and it can also blend with um with dirt that isn't using a texture it's just a flat color and flat roughness so you're using less maps and then the third uh, another vertex color is um is a tint that i do and you can like have a mask that masks out the tint and the dirt stuff mm-hmm. so you have like your your Roughness and metallic, uh, <clears throat> like uh, and I made occlusion in one mask, and then you have another mask that has like uh, blending and dirt and stuff like that in that, and then I have parallax occlusion as a thing, and I have like 
yeah, normal intensity, roughness, variation, emissive if you need it, and like some other stuff that you can plop in there. And it's you know, it's just mm-hmm. like everything you could ever need for yeah, yeah. for environments. Because the reason why I asked this is because I don't really have standardized workflow yet. Hmm. Um, because I don't know, in my personal work, I just like experimenting and I'm only getting to a point now where I'm thinking about reusing my materials that I create now in the next scene. Right. Because before I would just build master materials like specifically for that scene and I wouldn't think about them because I was just going to leave them right in, in that scene anyway. So as an, as an example, I, I would say I have a standardized workflow inside one personal project but then if i move on to a next one i'll have a different one you know mm, yeah, yeah. But, but still there's going to be something so for example i always set up my folder structure the same way you know yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That, that stays the same or uh, i'll probably like i said I, i'll probably reuse some of the master materials but like if there's something like right now on the stylized scene what i was doing is i had this these smart materials that i had set up and i just need to plop them in change the roughness and the color and maybe add a little bit of like unique things to it and then i'm mm-hmm. texturing so like that's just because i know i i really need to, to speed up my workflow so i can get it done so um that's part of that workflow but then on another project i might uh do it completely different and maybe not even go to zbrush and just do everything in max because i know it's going to be an rts it's going to be far away so i don't need that detail oh yeah 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 this is <clears throat> oh, sorry about that like i think I think a lot of people um, struggle with this fact as well because, like in personal work, I think a lot of people just think about like, okay, I need to, I need to build a workflow, I need to do this, and I need to get better at doing stuff. And you're gonna get better at doing stuff anyway. Like you're, you're yeah. gonna get quicker at texturing, gonna get quicker at modeling, you're gonna get quicker at this and that. Definitely. But yeah, I think. This is, this is something that I personally struggled with for like a long time. I was I was watching everyone create these beautiful environments and I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm not creating an environment in the same time frame that they have. Yeah. And like there, there must be something wrong. And I think that's because I I didn't have that standardized workflow of working and I switched programs in while I was working too. And I always felt kind of bad about that. Right. But now I'm slowly realizing that I shouldn't. Like, who cares what you do in your personal work? Like, yeah. it's personal. Like, it's obviously, <clears throat> it's obviously different if you're if you're trying to get into the industry. Then you're trying to minimize the amount of project that you can do in a certain amount of time. Right. But after that, you're an artist. Like, go and explore options. Do something. Do something new. Like, try new technical approaches. Like, yeah. And and that's the thing because I realize how ironic it is that. I just said I have a standardized workflow where I go from this to this to this. And then the question was about having that and going back and forth. I still do that, obviously, because I'll have Mm -hmm. something that doesn't work or that I want to improve. Or sometimes I'll have something in the engine and I'll say, this needs more polys. This isn't isn't looking the way I want it to. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I'll go back in. Or sometimes I actually on this project, especially because it's stylized, I'll have an extra step at the end where after everything's done and baked, I'll add some edges to my mesh when it's when it's ready for exporting to the engine to like add a little bit of silhouette to it. Oh because yeah, I don't yeah. Really want push to the silhouette lines. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So so stuff like that, you know. And um, but then I I try to have it standardized as much as possible to be efficient. 
but then at the same time like you said there'll be there'll be things where i'll uh where i'll switch it up and be like oh for this one i mean sometimes you just need a different software like marvelous designer to 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 get in there at some point because mm -hmm. uh, you want to do some cloth simulation or you just need you just want to try something else like you said you want to experiment and that's i think that's really important that you that you give yourself the freedom to do that yeah yeah man i totally agree because uh in the end we're just artists and yeah. exploring new stuff is what what makes what makes an art style and makes it truly yours i think so yeah i agree too. yeah i mean we we deviated a little bit but i feel like this was an important discussion because just the workflow in general i think people get confused that if they look at professionals and their portfolios it's just like Oh my god, like this environment is just like from A to B with minimal bumps and it's just <laughs> churning it out. But it's like, no, it's not true. Like, it's a it changes so much. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think people get intimidated really easily by stuff like that. But it's everyone's, everyone's struggling usually. I mean, of course, there's going to be some god out there that can just plop out environment after environment super easily. But that's. They're struggling with something else. Yeah. They they might be struggling with not feeling too great artistically because they're just churning out stuff again. Yeah, maybe exactly. There's always something that you're gonna be unhappy with. Usually, that's that's the human condition, right? Yeah. Okay, now we're getting really deep into it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's it's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Try your best, and and I think if you just keep going, like just keep making stuff, you'll you'll see yourself become a lot better and become a lot more confident. And I think that confidence is what really can drive you to be more experimental and be like, you know what? I'm good at this now. I want to do something else. I want to try something else. I want to make a cool new thing. Mm -hmm. And that's when yeah. it becomes really interesting. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a really good note to end it on as well. Like a, a really positive note before we dive into like all the human psyche stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Before we go in too deep. <laughs> all right. So uh, thanks everyone out there for listening to this to this episode and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, I hope we didn't scare you too much. <laughs> See ya. See ya, bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, then you can check out the playlist on the right for more episodes and don't forget to like, subscribe or share it with friends. If you're an environment artist trying to break into the industry or just looking to grow your skills, you can find a ton more resources like weekly tips, blog posts and more on beyondextend.com. But that's going to do it from our side. Thanks so much for joining us and a shout out to all of our Patreon supporters who made this possible. <laughs>